Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Sometimes people snap. The pressure of life, of what happens to them personally, can get to be too much and a powder cake personality can explode with absolutely no warning. On September 27, 2012, a man who was always known as a pretty laid-back kind of guy went into his boss's office and, after getting some upsetting news, exploded in a way that would cost five innocent men their lives. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On Thursday, September 27, 2012, employee Andrew John Engeldinger was called to the office of the operations director, John Souter, at Accent Signage Systems in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Once securely behind the closed doors of his office, Mr. Souter looked at Andrew and informed him that he was losing his job. Andrew knew it was coming. Just seven days prior, he received a letter stating his constant tardiness was a problem that needed to be, quote, rectified immediately. And with this being far from his first issue at the company, with some co-workers complaining that he was verbally abusive, Andrew had a pretty good idea how this little meeting was about to go down. But what John Souter didn't know was that Andrew had no intention of going down without a fight. And just before coming into his office, Andrew went out to his car and grabbed a Glock 19 9mm pistol. So when given the opportunity to reply to his boss, Andrew simply said, Oh really? 
pulled his gun out of its holster and began what would be the deadliest workplace shooting in Minnesota history. A struggle over the gun ensued with a third man, 62-year-old Rami Cooks, joining in to try and subdue Andrew. In the process, John Souter was severely wounded and Rami was fatally shot. Free to roam the building, Andrew then left John's office and killed 61-year-old Reuven Rahman, the company's founder, who, hearing the gunshots, stepped out of his office, which was situated right next to John's, and, seeing his employee on the ground, reached down to try and help him. He was then shot while holding John Souter in his arms. Satisfied and completely calm, Andrew left the executive offices and entered the sign display area where he killed 34-year-old Jacob Benanke before moving on to the loading docks. There, he shot Ronald Edberg, 58, and Keith Pasinski, who was not an employee at Accent Signage, but a 50-year-old UPS driver who was on a delivery and just so happened to be parked nearby. Moving on to the production floor, Andrew killed 42-year-old production manager Eric Rivers and grazed another employee with a bullet. The first calls to 911 came in at around 5.35 p.m., and the first set of officers at the scene started to escort the remaining employees out of the building while Andrew continued his massacre. In total, four people died at the scene, with one passing away the next day and another, Eric Rivers, succumbing to his wounds on October 10th after being taken off of life support. Four other employees suffered from injuries as a result of the shooting, three of which were in critical condition. When the dust cleared on the rampage, there was one more fatality to add to the list. Andrew Engeldinger, who died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in the building's basement. The following Monday, the Minneapolis Police Department released the accent signage personnel records belonging to Andrew Engeldinger, hoping to shed light on his motive for the shooting. The file was more than 100 pages long, with 35 tardy days in a row reported from August into September. According to his neighbors, he was a loner, and employees who survived his attack recalled how he took all of his lunches and breaks on his own, avoiding his fellow co-workers during their downtime. And according to his family, they had grown suspicious in the past two years that he suffered from some sort of mental illness. But because he refused to get treatment, he never got the help he needed and pushed those who cared about him away. Though police did find medications in his home commonly prescribed to those suffering from depression and insomnia. Everyone who knew him seemed to agree that he was a completely normal man who, while a bit of a lone wolf, never really gave any indication that he was capable of such devastation. That he had clearly had some sort of mental break triggered by his conversation with John Souter. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember... Stay safe.